December 13, 2021. It's a lot from Pedro's show. Yeah, it could be. A, I definitely like that too. I said, well, it could be a real drag to the catch career if he figures this is something that he won't be able to cope with and he won't be able to write about, you see. And uh, if, he, if he can't write about it, he can't make a living at this. And then I realized that. So I quieted down. I didn't. I wouldn't allow myself to become too uh, hostile back, you know, in return. Although there was a time I... I uh, I was kind of froze up on the people that downbeat. I froze because I don't know. I felt that that was something that it wasn't. I didn't. I felt that they were letting their weakness direct their actions, which I didn't feel they should have.
Now, happy Monday, people. Start off the show with John Train talking to Frank Kosky in November 66 about some writers at Downbeat. We're not down with his new music, and he wanted to talk it out, and they didn't want to do that. What's that fucking bullshit? And then we had Cheryl Leonard, although he said he didn't want to get too upset. You, you notice he laughs at the end there, so fuck. Cheryl Leonard after that with Muffin, and maybe you could hear that I am not man alone because of those Skype engineers in a, from Estonia with their Skype, <laughs> their software engineers with their Skype invention. Fucking Yay, Estonia. Yeah. Yeah, really. Raymond Pettibone, half Estonia. Anyway, we got Cheryl Leonard with us. Welcome aboard, Cheryl. Welcome. Greetings from San Francisco. Yeah, and we got to give big credit for the Connect, Tom Dill. Thank you so much for being a hubster, brother Tom. Okay, really interested in your uh, journey with music. You know, you're part of this adventurous kind of stuff that uh, people like. Tom and Brutal Sound Effects Crew. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, know those guys. Nace, uh, Evan Lipson, bass man, uh, all, all over, Mike Baguetta. Anyway, particular you, so please bring your earliest musical recollection that you still clung to. <laughs> yes, so I've ended up in a very weird place, but I started out in a very conventional place musically. Um, I think my earliest musical memory is my mom playing like John Denver records. I especially remember Grandma's feather bed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like you were sitting on that bed listening? No, that was the song. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm not too sharp on my... Uh... Yeah, that's right. That's right. You, you're not up on your John Denver? Well, a little bit. It's been a few years. <laughs> he, he, By the way, that was pilot air, right? He didn't put enough gas in the fucking plane. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah that's sad, right. Explain, yeah. not experimental. You don't need a license for those things because they spur innovation and help cull the herd, I guess. Uh, nothing but, yeah, but good thoughts about him, though. But you know, when I uh, I finally got to play in China and one of the old rock and rollers there, he said the first music they got from over here was kind of rock and roll. Who's John Denver? I was like, whoa, okay. Uh, yeah, did we call that rock and roll? I'm well, not sure. Well, for them, because they didn't have anything, right? So Yeah, so I grew up in rural Wisconsin, so I just did not have the chance to be exposed to much at all experimental until I got to college. Well, what about the pa that pad in Wisconsin? Was there any musical instruments? Yeah, my mom played the piano, oh, and okay. so I played the piano starting in second grade, and then I also... Well, um, let me ask you about that. Was yeah. it like the piano teacher thing? Oh, yeah, totally. Now, now, I've had people on this show that almost wanted to quit music because of that experience. How was your experience? It was okay. I mean, my teacher was kind. I just wasn't very dedicated to practicing. And the issue was I didn't like the music they gave me. So I would only practice the songs I liked, which were like the ones in minor. And then I preferred to just write my own songs. Oh, you were writing at that age. Second grade? Yeah, I mean, they weren't brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> you weren't a Mozart thing. Your uh, mom would have been working you like his daddy, right? Like a dog and pony show. You know, in, a, in very... a way, that's probably better, right? Can you imagine yeah. having your parents do a Disney mom on you or something uh, with a piano? So, uh, Yeah, no thanks. 
Yeah, but it was. It, you think it, it matters a lot on the teacher, huh? But also the student. But the student is a child, and she's still finding herself. Yeah, I mean, I was very shy, and so I didn't like performing at the recitals. But I did like being the only person in the house, and then like playing really loudly when no one was home. Oh wow! Yeah, like <laughs> banging on. They used to be in the rhythm section, right? Percuss. What about us? School? Were you in the choir or the marching band? I did all of that. I did all of it. <laughs> now, you didn't fucking work the piano in the marching band. What, what, what instrument? No. Um. Yeah. When it, when I got to junior high school, you got to pick an instrument, and I wanted to play the saxophone, but they wouldn't let me because I had braces, so I had to play the flute. Okay. Okay. And did you like it? It was all right. Okay. I think I just liked music, and so it didn't really matter so much what the instrument was at the uh -huh. time. Well, then wind ones, you know, the thing with the finger ones, not as uh, easy to get head rushes. <laughs> you know, when you're always having to blow air out, man, especially as a kid, I can imagine, and marching around in the sun and or, or the yeah. coldness, maybe it's good where in Wisconsin. You know, I'm always thinking of those big wool suits. <laughs> you see my buddies. I never had to do it, but man, I can imagine. But maybe in Wisconsin probably helped. What about the first record you bought with your own money? I think it was one of those like record clubs where you got, you know, 12 records yeah, for $1 or something. Did, yeah, yeah, for a dime. Columbia House. Yeah, yeah. It probably was that. So I, I, there were probably 12 yeah, first right, records. Right. And then they keep sending them to you. If you don't send them back, you have to buy them. Right, right. And so it was probably, I mean, I remember I had a Duran Duran record. And Probably whatever else was on the radio at that time, you know, in the in the late eighties. Matt Taggart was talking about Duran Duran, and I told him I met John Taylor, the bass man, tall guy, <laughs> taller than what, and uh, very good bass man, a very nice man. It was at a Jonathan Lethem book release, and I guess Jonathan had invited two bass player friends that didn't know each other before. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, a lot of those things, it's a situation, right? It's just uh, who's happening in the charts at that time and such i i don't know if there's you know what i mean you're you're because you're still finding yourself and stuff oh and i just you know i mean i heard what was on the radio on the school bus so like whatever the bus driver picked you know okay okay and he might or she might be thinking man maybe i should play something the kids might like you know right who right. knows what you know everybody's being nice and thinking for each other uh what what about uh first gig you saw the first gig I saw, I, I think it, it was some kind of stadium rock. It could have been, it might have been Van Halen. Right. I remember camping out for Van Halen tickets in early high school. Okay. <laughs> but I, yeah, I didn't know any of the hip stuff until until I got off to college. Okay, but but, but before that, you're still in grade school or junior high or high school. Do, in the afternoons, did you do basement band, bedroom band, garage band with your friends? Yeah. So um, once I discovered rock and roll, uh, I decided I wanted to be a guitarist. So I saved up my money. And when I was 16, I bought my first guitar. And then I was I just started a band. <laughs> okay. Wow. Wow. And what kind of guitar did you get? I had a Kramer Pacer Deluxe. Okay, I still have guitar. it in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> electric guitar. Okay. There's a lot of people's first guitar acoustics, and they're wondering why it don't sound like the rock and roll records. By the way, rock and roll actually comes from the piano, but it's, it's not as transportable. <laughs> but it is piano music. 
Actually, it's boogie woogie and uh, R and B music from eighty yeah, years ago. That's Don't true. tell anybody. <laughs> and then if you go back, it probably they just you know, put another name on it. <laughs> yeah, yep. uh, word for sex, right? Thank you, Alan Freed. <laughs> yeah, you know, some marketing angle. And then the, the next one was even more egregious. Genre. Ugh. So, oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. this was the beginning of it. Because actually, you can listen to old records and you can hear the fundamental rock and roll. And it's on the piano. Boogie woogie uh, bass lines, you know. Mm-hmm. Usually major against minor right hand or, or uh, ambiguous right fourths kind of things. Bang, 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 bang. Chip Mr. Chuck Berry. By the way... His songs were written by his guitar man. That's why this, I don't know if you ever tried to play to his records, but man, why is everything flat? <laughs> right, B flat and B flat. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. That makes sense. Okay. Uh-huh. So you make the band. You don't join a band. And what, what is this band? Do you, does it have a name? I don't remember our name. I just remember like posting wanted ads and like trying to find anyone to play with. Um, and then I remember practicing in my driveway Outside? In Wisconsin, Whoa. outside, I lived surrounded by farms, and the cows would come up to the fence and, like, watch us play. <laughs> but, oh, so it's an us. People did answer the ads. People did answer the ads. I got a couple couple of guys that were, like, college students to join my band. Wow. So that was was it, what was of... it, a power trio? I think we had we had drums, bass, guitar, and vocalists would come in and out. Four piece. Okay, a four piece. <laughs> a four piece, yeah. But you were running the show. And what was the material? Original? No, no, it was just easy covers. Co- copying off records, yeah. That's how Super easy covers too. to start. Yeah. You gave me this uh tune watershed well he gave me a lot of excerpts. Should have gave me the whole enchiladas, but Oh that's they're, okay, they're, that's okay, that's okay. They're probably long, right? But I, yeah. I would have loved them anyway. Uh, I wanna play this watershed. You know Dave Grohl when he did that Foo Fight, he had a song on there because you know he played everything on his first record. And he Ooh. put another T in the watershed when I came up there to practice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> kind of
Treacherous Jaywalk Talk, recorded two-track at Quinn's house, November 11th, 1984. Um, personnel J.J. Abdullah on drums, Quinn Haber on guitar, Josh Hayden on bass. Just 
upon a big stool. Nothing worse than an educated fool. Talking sex is your favorite conversation, but peace and love is a famous generation. What's in your head is really started showing. Your conversation is getting kind of boring. Can't believe nothing you say. Cause I'm around and I see what you do. You know you're a than a mosquito streeter. You got a mouth like a herd of bold weavers. Same old game, same old game, same old thing. You never change. Same old game, same old thing. Always rap it by the same old thing.
Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with Cheryl Leonard with Watershed, an, ex, an excerpt from Watershed. Then uh, Trinary System, just like that. Trinary System is the band that uh, Roger Miller put together after the redone Hell Freezes Over 12-year rejuvenation of Mission Burma. And then Sly and Robbie, because we lost Brother Robbie, right? Shakespeare, incredible bass man. Uh, Ryden East. Yeah. Usually, yeah, it's usually West, right? You set the setting sun. Yeah, what well, fucks up everything. Anyway, <laughs> my heart was there, Brother Robbie. Uh, Kato Hideki with the brand new uh, uh, record, and this is Fatigue. And then Treacherous Jaywalkers with Treacherous Jaywalk. This is uh, Charlie Hayden's son, Jay. Um, Jay, what am I saying? Josh. Jay Walker, Josh Walker, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he asked me to produce his rec- a couple years after this practice, or maybe it was during that year, some, somewhere then. He, but he, I remember he's 16 or something. And he just flowed me this practice. Model Home, they got a brand new album. Splash on the Canvas, Bogdan Rosinski, Nowhere Stare Live, Material. And then an ensemble here. Let's see, Romus, Koshkinen, Life's Blood Ensemble with True Finders. Yeah, you're gonna have to enlighten us to that. Uh, well, maybe it's it's uh, further in the thing. Uh, you graduate high school and you you want to pursue music to higher education. I did. I, I wanted to get out of Wisconsin, <laughs> so I was like, I have to go to a coast. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I, I you didn't I want to go to the coast of one of the Great Lakes. <laughs> one of the coasts. Yeah. No. No. One <laughs> you of the want an ocean coasts. coast. Yeah. <laughs> an ocean. Yeah. Because those lakes, uh, especially Superior, right? And you can't even see the other side. I mean, they are big. <laughs> yeah. So I I went to Hampshire College in Amherst, Massachusetts. Right, Jay Maskus. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, I and got that's... to play there. In fact, yeah. first and popped my knee out doing a dog pile when we were doing a Blue Oyster Cult song, the first Fireless tour. They couldn't see through my Levi. They didn't know I had fucked up knees. Well, they where, did, where did you play in Amherst? At, at Hampshire College. You did? Oh. I wouldn't shit you, I, unless the Alzheimer won again. I think it was. I remember yeah. there was a bunch of schools there, you know, uh, Smith and... Uh, but no, no, they're they're next door, Northampton. Uh, Hampshire is Amherst. Yeah. So when I went to Hampshire is when I learned about like the rest of the musical world. Okay. Uh, so I I was like, well, going into college, my goal was I'm going to write a rock opera in college, yeah. uh, which I never did. Uh, but, but you were going to study I, composition. I was going to study composition, and I wanted to keep it sort of in the rock and roll. Sure vein of things but then i had my mind completely blown like it was like oh here's stravinsky and here's like weird electronic music and you know here's indie rock and here's punk rock and goth music and speed metal and i was like whoa maybe i'd rather do one of these things (laughs) maybe music's just music right (laughs) you know what i mean it's so weird it's like what, you only go to talk to people, speak a certain way? I guess they're not mean to you, but <laughs> uh, just this whole genre thing, because I, I, I see it leading to stuff like uh, prejudice and stuff. And so you start hating things without even hearing it because it's got the wrong tag Label. or some. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, back to your journey. So you're, you're finding out you just don't want to make a rock opera, but maybe you want to make an opera out of whatever music. 
I'm just like, wow, I had no idea these things existed. <laughs> and they're really cool. Uh, the bus driver never played them. The bus driver never played these things in Wisconsin. <laughs> so important people, if you're driving the bus, educate your riders. That's right. You expand their musical horizons. Yeah. So what do you do? Uh, well, I, I was studying music, you know, like modern classical music. And I didn't really study jazz. At the same time, I was still playing guitar and I started some bands and I was part of this group called the Alternative Music Collective that was booking shows at Hampshire. So it may have been them that, that booked you when you played there. This was in 86. It was actually a Sonic Youth gig and we were opening up, right? Yeah, so that was a little before my time. But uh, I was there starting in uh, 87. Okay. Just, just missed you. Just missed us. Just missed us. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> That was a trippy tour. It was a hard time for me, you know. I just lost D Boone, and yeah. oof, that was that was rough. That was rough. And a lot of help from Ed from Ohio and Georgie on the drums, of course, and then the Sonic guys. Thirst got me playing again. I I didn't think anybody wanted to hear me play bass with D Boone. Uh, so these bands that you made, did the school have resources? Were you able to record? Uh no, we didn't really. We did record, but not because the school had resources um we had we just had a cassette four track and we would use the rehearsal spaces at the school but use those and then you also said yeah. there was some gigs books so there's kind of performance places yeah we played like little little gigs like little clubs and oh not on the school like coffee house or shit, shit. i think we played at the coffee house once okay. yeah okay okay and uh but it, How's your mind change? Like, are you going to, I'm going to be a guitarist or am I going to be a composer or am I going to be both? Yeah, I kind of wanted to be both at the time. So your piano skills were still valuable, right? I was using the piano to compose. Yeah, right. Yeah, not really performing on piano. No, but... I understand that. Uh, Charlie Mingus, right, never wrote on the bass. Yeah, well. But I actually think that's the future of the bass. Use that as a composition tool. Because you can use it, any instrument. As a I know, but when you tool. use a bass, you know, you leave a lot of room. There's a lot of harmonic content in pianos and guitars, you know. Mm -hmm. With the bass, not so much. So your collaborators you have a little more freedom. That's true. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. You could use a fucking yardstick upside the head, right? But uh... <laughs> Someone's probably done that. <laughs> okay. So uh, now some of these compositions probably were assignments. Uh, I mean, not the stuff I gave you. Cause that's no, 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 of but, course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some compositions were assignments. And then because Hampshire was kind of an alternative school, they didn't have normal required classes. Oh, I hate that N-word. <laughs> they, they, uh, they let you do projects. So yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my, like, main projects were big compositions. Okay. And so and I wrote things for, like, string quartet and string quartet plus percussion. And I think there was some voice things as well. And were they all, like, isolated uh, little individual pieces? Or were you trying to bring them together into one big enchilada? I didn't really make the rock opera thing. Um, okay. You know, I, I understand that. but I'm... Fairly long pieces, yeah. Oh, okay. 
And do you and have was, those still? I know you didn't give me any, but do you have them just to maybe laugh? <laughs> I do. I have I have the recordings and I have the scores, like wow. painstakingly hand copied out. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because it's a time before the software and all that. Software was just getting going. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Finale syllabus, something stuff like that. Somebody was talking about using that stuff and. You got to canonize your stuff, right? Bring it into the canon. Right? <laughs> yeah. In the old days, that was the only way because there was no audio recordings. Uh, so, you had to write it, yeah. So uh, you get your degree, and then what's next? Yeah, I got this degree in music, and I was like, uh, what do I do now? I need a job. <laughs> so I, I moved to San Francisco totally on a whim. I had no plan. I just moved here because my... A friend of mine was moving here. We're like, oh, let's go to California. Never yeah. been there. Let's move there. All right. And you know what? Let, let's pull the plug right there because I'm an idiot. Didn't notice we're at the end of the first hour, December 13, 2021. <laughs> Just what Peter show. Special guest Cheryl Leonard. Hold tight for our two. December 13, 2021. It's the second hour of the lot for Pedro show.
lot from Bebo. Shall we start off the second hour with Euphotic doing Echolocution? And then Bomb is pregnant with Tryptophantom, Drekka, HTFC, and then Except Cheryl Leonard, Frozen Over. Oh, no. It's an excerpt. <laughs> Except. Ah, I fucking forgot the person. Okay, pilot error again. That's Cheryl Leonard with an excerpt from her piece, Frozen Over. So let's pick up where we left off last hour. You, you make it to San Francisco with your buddy on a whim. Yeah, California. Here we come. Uh, yeah, and so at the time I was like, yeah, I'm going to start a band. So I, I found some people to play like indie rock, Sonic Youth-ish stuff out here. I'm still playing the guitar, still writing my own music. Got some bad jobs, um, day jobs, working at a bakery, <laughs> you know. Tom Watson did that. My, my guitarist in the man when he moved up there, but maybe around the same, no, it was earlier, middle ages. You, you do what you got to do, right? You got to right? do it right to service this, uh, you know, dream, music, dream. Now, this music you were composing. I was, yes. It was very, it was very uh, dissonant, sort of. Very Sonic Youth influence. Oh, so you were you were performing. It wasn't like the composed stuff stays just woman alone, and then you have stuff for the gigs. You're actually using your compositions in the gigs. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing for the band, or we're or we're writing together. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was there a name for this band? The band had a couple of different names. I think it ended up being Gus for a while. Because <laughs> I didn't get any Gus music from you. Yeah, it's probably not worth sharing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. You can protect the innocent. <laughs> and, uh, do you remember uh, the first gigs uh, playing in San Francisco? Was it different than playing in Hampshire? Yeah, it was harder to get gigs in the big city for sure. Right, right. I think we, I think we played the Peacock Lounge at some point. Uh, down in the lower hate. Sure, sure. Uh, I used to play up on the on the hate uh, I beam, right? They'd let the punk rockers uh, play on Mondays. Oh, right, the I beam, yeah, yeah. yep. And then there was some place on Divisadero. We didn't play there, but there was yeah, a club it was, people played. It was called the VIS Club, and it changed into Justice League. And so, you know, the Church of St. John Coltrane was a couple yeah. blocks Yeah, the Great Rib place called Brother in Law's Number Two. Both no more. We're not the same. And then they yeah. knocked off uh, that club. Was only a one. It was a trippy club. It had all these velvet paintings of uh, all these soul singers and David Bowie, of course. And, <laughs> but so they knocked off the overhead. And they made it way higher. And, and a couple of years ago, I get to open for X there. So, nice. So, so uh, how long does this last? Oh, the band thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it sort of fell apart when I I got sick of working bad jobs and decided to go to graduate school. Um, so I went to Mills College for my oh, yeah, uh, master's, yeah. and and that's kind of when the band thing ended, and I got more into composition and sort of free improv and yeah. the noise scene and all that. Yeah, you know they saved that school; it was going to go under, right? Yeah, it got bought up by Northeastern, but yeah. it sort of remains to be seen what's going to happen with the music department. Okay, I hope that doesn't get flushed down the dumpster, man. I mean. So much history, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just what a resource, especially for the shifts that are going to come on board, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, people get too short-sighted sometimes. 
anyway, I don't mean to bellyache and stuff. So, uh, and there, you probably meet a bunch of like-minded expo- uh, pioneering music people, right? I did. Like, I, that's where I met Tom Dill. We yeah. were both in grad school at the same time. And was he was doing the trumpet, right? He was doing trumpet and electronics. Right, right. And I was doing composition and some electronic music. And I studied with Alvin Curran. Ah. And who else was there? Chris Brown and Maggie Payne. Oh, okay. See, that's something that people don't realize. You know, the, uh, uh, yeah, the cultures, right? The connects. It's not just about, yeah, getting the like you said, the degree and stuff. But if you it's not even at all, really at all about getting the yeah, degree. Right, it's right. it's about meeting people and and learning stuff and expanding your mind and right, making right. those connections. Yeah, and maybe if you're fortunate, you do that a little for them too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like when I teach now, I I'm totally inspired by my students. Oh well, there's something Buddha says something about that, right? You stop teaching, you stop learning. Like the students end up teaching you. Or some shit, or well, maybe I got it wrong. But there's some kind of dynamic. No, it's definitely it's not so much you know, from your yeah. students. Yeah, it it goes both ways. I think. Right, right. Especially if you're open-minded.
Thank you. 
a siren song. She gave me another excerpt. Let's listen. Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music stars Cheryl Leonard doing an excerpt from her siren song. Speaking of siren, right? Roxy Music cover Jerry Hall. Mm. I saw a picture of Jerry Hall with Rupert Murdoch. What's that? <laughs> Blando at the end of that movie, right? The horror, the horror. I guess he saved the movie. They didn't know how to fucking end it, right? So he just read. There's a right. He wouldn't talk to Dennis Hopper because he said something about it. you got to read the book. We used the <laughs> fucking line from the book to finish it. Those right? They didn't know how to end it. Give me that bowl, right? <laughs> I wash his head so he can cut his head open. Okay, uh, Cedric Noel from his new album, Born, uh, is this tune? Lost in Eggtown. Journal d'un jeune homme. I think a diary of a young man. Maybe I fucked that up too. My apologies, pardon to the French people. Ray Shin with the dominance hierarchy. Things that we're very much against. And Cheryl Leonard finally with not an excerpt, people. Ab <laughs> Ablation zone. Ablation zone. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. Okay. You know what? Let's talk about some of these. You know, especially the ones that have names like uh, the, the the Life's Blood, the Ramos Koskinen Blood Ensemble, or, or Euphotic. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So the Life's Blood Ensemble is is really a project put together by Rhett Romus and Heike Kos Koskinen, um, which is a uh, sort of an experimental jazz slash improv group um based on finnish mythology uh about the underworld in in finnish mythology so i was brought on board to add some of the weirder sounds um it was a real treat for me because i don't normally play more in the jazz genre so what a what a treat to get to play with all these fabulous musicians and i'm up there just playing my like amplified rocks and uh an instrument called spiny, which is made out of driftwood, um, sort of doing the, it's almost like uh, Foley work, but musical Foley work. Foley uh, people for, is like for fans for films and TV. In fact, Kate, yeah. the lady who played uh, bass of Black Flag, she's, she's got some Oscars for this stuff. And uh, what do you nice. call that? Uh, Emmy Awards for this. Foley was very important, especially in, in the radio days. Oh, my God. But still important. It's very important. Yeah. Yeah. So what I play these days is I play these instruments that I've built out of natural objects. And this is what I was going to ask about spiny because I don't see, remember seeing one in the shit hard center last time I was there. Right. <laughs> spiny is not in the normal orchestra. Yeah. Oh, there's that N word. So probably in, in, in Nova. Is it your personal invention? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, literally a large piece of driftwood with many thin sticks of driftwood sticking out of it. And then I put contact mics on it and I can bow or brush or tap uh, each individual stick. And they're almost like strings. Right? The like, sticks. The sticks are like the spikes. Yeah. So thin what, sticks. That like, are coming uh, out of the big piece of driftwood, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you imagine each stick kind of like a vibrating string sure. on a guitar, or cello, or something, you can get harmonics. You can do slides. Um, Depending on their length. Yeah, and where you bow it, and yeah. if you if you sort of stop the vibration somewhere. Wow, trippy! What gave you the idea, the inspiration? A walking by the water. 
Uh, well, I was playing, you know, I was composing for normal instruments for a long time. And, and then I got interested in extended techniques on, on normal instruments. So making, you know, multiphonics on, uh, on reeds or bowing other parts of the instrument on a violin, things like that. Oh, okay. At the same time, I became involved in the noise scene in the Bay Area. And so I was. Brutal sound effects group. Those kind of folks, yeah. And we would just literally, like, we used to have these junk nights here in San Francisco. Everyone would put their junk on the street, and then the city would collect it. And you would go out at night, and you'd collect just objects you thought would be fun to play. And then we would put or microphones the, uh, on them. You'd have to repurpose them, right? You know, like contact mics and that stuff. Yeah, so yeah. So would, they, they would be the the beginnings of a new instrument. Yeah, just <laughs> people's junk, people's stuff that's being thrown away. I, I love that repurposed. Yeah, it was before bed bugs were really a thing here, so oh, well, it was yeah, sacred course, to do yeah. that. No, I'm thinking more uh, altruistic, like swords into plowshares and shit like that. Not 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 bed bug spreaders. <laughs> We're at the end of the second hour, December 13, 2021. Just what Peter's so special guest, Cheryl Letter. Hold tight, our feet! December 13, 2021. It's the third hour. A lot from Peter's show.
third hour, Cheryl Leonard, and we're not an excerpt, people, the longest and shortest days. I guess you get a medium day. In between. <laughs> no, no, no. It's her piece, people. Only what? Superimpose some bullshit on. Clank Cordaff, that's Scotty Irvin with Live at the International Noise Conference, February 9, 2017, part two of two. Scotty Irvin uh, of North Carolina, great cat. I got to... Uh, collab with him. He says he's going to make this into an album with uh, Makoto Kawabata. And then Euphotic with Sofo Lobus. And we didn't get to Euphotic. Oh, we didn't. Yeah, but we were still we were still talking about how I got to playing things called Spiny. Right, right. <laughs> Part of that, uns- the, the Life's Blood ensemble. Yeah, I think Spiny also got played in Euphotic, too. So Okay, okay. But what what, what is, is Euphotic your baby or another thing you joined? it's it's really a uh it's a trio it's a collaboration it's it's tom dill brian day and myself oh wow both them guys were on the show i know yeah <laughs> how cool great <laughs> got a trifecta yes yeah yeah so uh yeah that group is we are we just do free improv we never even we once said uh this is the most structure we've ever had let's try to do a piece that starts with a drone Okay. Well, you but, speaking of drones, Brian Day said he was going to make me because I told him I was trying to use this Ebo and they're made for guitar. He goes, I, I can make you one for a bass. What? Oh, he probably can. He's very good at he that, makes, those kinds not, of things. Like, like, yeah, he told so like Victoria Shen, right? The she got a job building synthesizers, so she started building her own. So, but you, yeah. you're you're more of the uh, maybe not as electronic. The spiny just doesn't sound electronic, except for maybe the contact mics. Yeah, spiny is all natural. Right. Um, I, I I have studied electronics. I do know some of that stuff. But I got more interested in the natural stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because at the same time I was getting into just playing junk from the street, yeah. 
I got really into like backpacking and mountain climbing and stuff like that. So I would be out on a hike and I'd kick a rock and I'd be like, oh, that sounds really good. Maybe I should take that home and play it. (laughs) I know just what you mean, Cheryl. You know, because we're in our cars and shit. When I got on a bicycle, because I didn't ride one for 22 years, right? I started to listen. And you can hear the yeah. birds, though, the, you know, Pedro's by the ocean right in the harbor. So I could hear, the, yeah, the surf. I could hear the, even the chain of the bicycle, all these things. That I, 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 and they all got their own rhythms and their own, and they're not straight rhythms usually, especially the natural ones. They swell, they pull, they drag. They It's really intense. And it just opened up a whole nother thing for me. So people, you got to understand it. Just putting yourself in another place might start a whole new fundamental for you. Oh yeah, definitely. It's so important to listen. And our, our urban worlds are so full of, uh, you know, motors and engines and just so much noise that you can't, you can't hear, you can't hear the, all the other stuff. And it, when, when it's revealed, like during the pandemic, when things were quieter for a little while, it's amazing, right? Yeah. Like I, I realized that my neighbor has like pet pigeons and I've lived here for 25 years and I never heard them before. Cause the little coos. No, yeah. I heard the little them. Coos, yeah. I was like, what? I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was a band from the city up there in the early eighties called black humor. And one of the lines, one of their tunes was like, the only thing new is you finding out about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? it's like, you know what I mean? And we are. So much stuff gets masked by superficial shit. And uh, that and it took some backpacking. Yeah, well, yep, yep. Uh, so I, I started exploring the possibilities of playing amplified natural objects as music musical instruments. Okay. And it was kind of a whim at first. Yeah. And then it's become by the major focus of my work uh, over like the last 20 years. So it's kind of kind of crazy where life will take you. Absolutely. You gave me another excerpt here. Burt Procession. And this is also an, another collab. It looks like uh, Anka. Anka Dragalatis. Anka is a slab. Yeah, but it's also slab. We got a lot of Croatians here, and I worked with a lady named Anka. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's tr- maybe 50 years ago, right? I was a teenager. Uh, let's listen. Oh my God. 
Mm-hmm. 
Watch for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Anka Dragalat Lades and Cheryl Leonard with Burt Procession. The next. Then Amandiman. No, Manu. <laughs> Fuck why. Manu Dibango. Great uh, saxophone man from the uh, 70s, Africa. And uh, New Bell. Sam Locke Ward featuring Bob Bucko with Winds of Betrayal. Dolene Karest with In Cole. And then finally, another excerpt. Fi- finally. Shell <laughs> Leonard. Schism. It's all human endeavor ends up. <laughs> all that teamwork to get some more schism going. <laughs> no. Enlighten me to this uh, first collab. Uh, with Anka? Yeah, please. Yeah. So Anka is a, a vocalist and she also plays found objects and she's in Bavaria in Germany. And we were sort of musically match, match made, match made. And we had a musical matchmaker who hooked us up. Um, we both did a residency at uh, Jurassic Artist Residency Program. And the director there was like, you guys would like each other. You should meet. <laughs> and so we did. And we became friends. And now we've done an album together. Okay. So this was like a collab engineered by somebody else. I yeah. Mean, I, it was I, like I've that. been put in situations like that. And at first you're like, oh, my God. But then like, whoa, I'm so glad. Because you would have never put it together, right? Because We would have never met. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So people keep your thing open. And then the schism? Schism is uh, off my latest album that just came out in, in June on, on MAPPA. Uh, and this is a piece that combines sounds recorded from my old laptop using an inductor coil microphone and i was listening to the laptop and and it sounded like insects and birds and and natural sounds to me and so i had this idea to mix actual sounds from birds and insects with the sounds from the computer Ah, and sort of play with that line between the technology and the natural right right the dangling duality. You know, you mentioned something about teaching. That's what you got into as far as uh, servicing your lifestyle. It's a terrible way to put it. Service. It is a service. <laughs> Somebody once told me, okay. how do you service a lifestyle? Yeah, I was like, yeah, okay. You know, the, the, the landlord is our collector. He likes those little green paintings, you know. He does. Or she, in my <laughs> case. Does. Yeah, I teach, I teach piano to children. And I also teach. Oh, my God. From the beginning of the show, I, I put you on the spot. Oh. There. oh my god i'm so sorry no it's just so funny because um i never thought i'd teach piano but i was installing satellite dishes for work which was <laughs> okay. kind of fun but kind of yeah. horrible <laughs> yeah. um and i just had to stop doing that and i saw an advertisement for piano teacher and i was like oh i could probably do that <laughs> <laughs> I invested in some training many years ago. (laughs) Maybe that would be safer than like falling off people's roofs and getting stuck in Yeah, yeah, Jesus. (laughs) Okay, okay. But, uh, and it's kind of flexible. Maybe it it suits. It's very flexible. It's quite quite a good fit because you can take time off and you can reschedule lessons. Right, right, right. What do you got? And you said you just made a record. Are you working on new music now? Yeah, I've got two albums that, um, one I'm just wrapping up. I'm reviewing the masters like this week, um, which will be an album of music from my trip to Antarctica, uh, which will be coming out on other minds records early next year. Okay. And and where can people find you on the internet? Do you have your own website? I have a website. It's alwaysnorth.com and it's all with two L's. A L L W A V E S W A Y S. Ah, okay. North. Oh, waves. <laughs> what heard waves? Oh. Okay. W A Y S people. N O R T H dot com. Right. Like if you were standing at the South Pole, all directions would be north for you. <laughs> Good point. 
<laughs> it was that was the idea. <laughs> right, right. Great, great logic, great logic. And uh, uh, Henry Kaiser, but he did a skin dive and stuff. Helped her, Werner Herzog with some uh, documentary thing. And, uh, and I have another friend of mine, Jay Fox, did some work there. He even did a screening of We Jammy Kano there at the little base camp. Nice. One day I would, you, you've been there, right? Yeah, I got a grant from the National Science Foundation, the same grant that Henry got and, and uh, Herzog did. Wow, to, okay. To go world, down, not, fuck. Not with them, but No, I understand, still, but still yeah. connected in a way. Uh, so I got to spend uh, about a month at Palmer Research Station on the peninsula. I can, and you know, when it comes out, do. and also you said you had another record coming. And so when you get the, because we're out of time here, but when you get this stuff, will you come back on the show and we can listen? And no excerpts, please. Okay, yes, I'd love to come <laughs> back. It's the whole enchiladas, okay? Sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. Very inspiring. Your journey, your story of your music journey, incredible. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank and you, thank you brother Tom me. Dill, for making that connect. You too, Brian Day, for being part of the fucking uh, uh, euphotic power trio. People, it's been December 13, 2021. This is Watt Pedro, so keep your powder dry.